Clemson Tiger Wire podcast, your home for all sports, all passion, all of the time for Clemson Athletics. I'm John, I'm your host, and I'm so glad you're turning in today. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the thrilling championship game in Asheville and walking through that roller coaster that was for Clemson basketball. And we're also going to break down today's game against Boise State, the Broncos from Boise State. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoy the podcast, Make sure you follow, uh, leave a five-star rating wherever you're listening at. And if you want to join in on the conversation, make sure you follow us over on Twitter at the Tiger Wire. That is at the Tiger Wire. And so before we jump into this week's main content, we have some extremely exciting news that we want to share with you. You see, if you couldn't tell from the slightly different intro today, we have joined an amazing network called Believe. Believe is a sports and entertainment studio that is doing some amazing things. They specialize in program producing or producing premium digital sports and pop culture content for all passionate fan bases. On Believe, you can find content for every team, every topic, and you can listen everywhere. You see, we here at the Tiger Wire Podcast, we've joined them because we be- we love what Believe is doing, and we believe in Believe, as cheesy as that sounds. You see, we think joining this studio will allow us here at the Tiger Wire to produce more top-of-the-line content for you as the listeners. With joining Believe, we're going to be focusing. Mo- we're going to be mainly focusing in on Clemson basketball. We'll have some bonus episodes to talk about f- football and some other sports throughout the season. And during basketball's off season, we'll cover other sports such as baseball and much more. So if you're looking for a more in-depth look and dive into Clemson football, head over to the best Clemson football podcast out there, uh, Believe in Clemson Football. It's hosted by a Clemson Hall of Fame linebacker by LaVon Kirkland. Uh, That's a great podcast. I listen to it personally every single week. It goes into a deep dive and game recap for all things Clemson football. So if you're looking for that, make sure you hop in over there. You can find that on most platforms called Believe in Clemson Football. But... If you're here, if you're still listening to the Clemson Tiger Wire, you're ready for some Clemson basketball. You're excited about the season starting off. So with all that being said, let's dive right in. And so to start, let's go back to the Asheville Championship recap. We talked about our first game against UAB on the last episode. And let me tell you, our championship game in Asheville probably took 10 years off our life. I mean, what a game. It was a game of runs, of excitement, roller coasters, a lot of emotion. In case you missed the game, let me give you a quick recap of what you missed. So after our first possession on offense, you could tell this game is going to be one that the refs let them play. I mean, all throughout this game from start to finish, the refs were letting them play. There were some fouls called that shouldn't have been, but overall, content was being allowed to have. Um, And that's extremely different than our first game in this championship against UAB. I mean, in that game, refs were calling everything. They They were calling fouls for exhaling too much. It was crazy. But this game in the first half, they were letting both teams get away with some major content or contact. And then out of the gate, things didn't look too hot. I mean, Jack Clark looked lost on both sides of the court. No one could get a shot to go in for the Tigers. Davidson seemed to be great, looking great at shooting. And at the first TV timeout, Davidson already had a 12-2 run. Brad tried to get a spark going off the bench right after that timeout by bringing in a platoon. He brought in Alex Hemingway, DJ Hunter, and RJ Godfrey right away. But it didn't help much, and before you knew it, we were already down 19-2 to at the second TV timeout. 19-2. to 
And as the game kept going, Brad got desperate. He started putting in players who usually didn't see the court a lot, like Josh Beadle got to see the court early. And honestly, he made a small impact right away. But we still fell down. At one point, we were down by 18 at 23-5 to against Davidson. Rough start. Completely rough start. You see, up to this point in the game, the entire team was looking frazzled. Players were trying to play one-on-one instead of running the offense. Brad was having to not only try to call the plays and coaches back in, but his main job seemed like he was just there to calm the players down. After the eight-minute TV uh, timeout mark, though, Clemson started to turn it around. They started running the defense. They started running the offense. They were moving the ball, being patient, but they still couldn't get a shot to fall. Then on Joe Girard's fourth attempt at the three, he hit a major shot from the wing to bring the game back to eight points, and that became a great run by the Tigers. The Tigers would end up finishing the half on an 18-5 run to cut it back to five points at halftime. See, the first half was slow, right? I mean, the first half got off to a hard start. In the first half, we shot nine from 28 from the field, including four from 15 from the three, and we only went one for four from the free throw. Not a great half. Two of our star players from the first couple games had a really hard half. P.J. Hall only had two points and one board. Chase Hunter went one from six from the field. In order for them to bring the game out, they had to start clicking. And then out of the gate in the second half, you could tell that Clemson turned the corner. Brad really pulled this team back together. P.J. was getting doubled a couple of times, and he showed that he's not only a great scorer but a great facilitator. Started dishing it across the court for open threes, hitting people cutting down the lane for wide-open layups. Uh, the real momentum started to shift early on in the second half when R.J. Godfrey hit a huge series of plays. He had a huge reverse slam. Then he came back down the court, got fouled on a beautiful dish out of a double team from P.J., and R.J. had the one-and-one the one one layup. Clemson ended up going on a 17-3 run again, and then they took the lead in the middle of the second half. Davidson stayed with them, though. With less than three minutes to play, Joe hit a big three to go up by eight, but then Davidson had a small 7-0 run that included four three throws and a three that made made it a one-point game. It went back and forth, back and forth, but after P.J. Hall hit two free throws to go up by three with 20 seconds left in the game, Davidson had three attempts to get a tying three. They got three shots up, but they couldn't make any of them. Clemson ended up winning 68-65. to If you remember from a past episode, one of our greatest moments in Clemson basketball was a, a largest comeback win of all time at home with 17 points against NC State. This game was larger than that one. We came back from down by 18. We were down 23-5 to at one point and ended up winning the game by three. It's a crazy game. It was electric. And while I wish we could have handled it dominantly, it was definitely an exciting. Uh, it was exciting to be able to get a look at what this team looks like playing from behind. This was our first time, really. I mean, UAB, we were down by eight, nine points, but we were down by eighteen. We got to see what this team is made of when they're behind by that much, and it was exciting. It was it was good to see what we got to see. Um, and so right now, we're going to take a quick ad break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about our largest takeaways that we got from this game. So hold on, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Like we said, this game was a really fun one to cover and to be present down on the court for during the game. And while there was a lot of excitement, we had some pretty big takeaways from this game and from the Asheville Championship as a whole. And so we got three takeaways we're going to go with. Number one is that we learned we, we as the Clemson Tigers can win in different ways. So far, we've seen three victories, and we've seen we've won games from way ahead the whole time. We saw a tough battle the entire time, and now we've had to fight from behind. So we've seen all three different ways to win, and we've seen how they respond in those situations. 
in all those situations, we've had to play differently. We've, we have won while we're not getting any fouls called. We've won where we're almost getting 30 free throw attempts. We've won with 20 assists. We've won with less than 10 assists. We've won with Chase Hunter taking over, and now we've won with Joe Girard taking over. We've won with a large, big-sized lineup, and now we've won with a game utilizing our smaller guys. This team has depth, and it has experience, and it can win in multiple different ways. That's two things, though. That's exciting, but it's also nerve-wracking. It's exciting because you have the ability to shift a game style when it isn't working, right? If you start out big and big, they're running by you and the transition you're slacking, you have the ability and the talent to switch to a smaller lineup or vice versa. You start out small and you're there crushing you on the boards and in the paint, you switch it up and go with a bigger lineup. You have that flexibility, right? And that's a great thing to have. It's great to be flexible. But it's also nerve-wracking. Because while flexibility is a great thing, you have to have balance between flexibility and sticking to who you are. And right now, I know we're only three games in at this point, but we really don't know who Clemson is this year. We don't know who their identity is. Is it a big lineup? Is it a three-pointer? Is it slow? Is it fast? Is it defensive? The best teams are always ones with an identity of what they're known for. And right now, Clemson doesn't have that. I really hope we can find out as a team on the court before ACC play starts, we can find out who we are. But number one, big takeaway, we can win in multiple different ways. The second big takeaway is Joe is meshing. If you listen to our last podcast episode, we were a little worried on Joe about his defense and about his uh, game style and uh, just that big switch from Syracuse to Clemson. But he really proved this game. He is meshing. He is fitting right in. Joe Girard finished the game going 5 from 12 from the 3, having 17 points and 5 assists. It's his first one, it's his first real big game wearing the right right color orange where he had double digit scoring. And seeing him in this game really brought some excitement because we started seeing glimpses of him being the elite scorer that he was at Syracuse. He also wasn't the defensive liability that he had been in previous games. It was great seeing his potential really coming true and seeing him get comfortable. He also seems like he's meshing with the team and the coaches. Prime example of this was found in the post-game conference. So we're in the post-game conference and the reporters are asking questions. And then one reporter on Zoom asked a question and he called Joe Girard a streaky shooter. And the question was directed to Joe, but as soon as the reporter finished this question, Brad Brennell quickly jumped in to defend Joe, say how much he was anything but a streaky shooter. I mean, emotion came out. You saw how much Brad loves his players and is there for him. He talked about in practice, he had like 93 out of 100 three-pointers and said, I don't think that's streaky. He really defended his players, and it was really cool to see. The reporter fits his comment and explained how he meant it as a compliment, but it was really cool seeing Brad step in and defend his player in a moment that can seem like it wouldn't be a big deal. You see, I can't wait to see how this season progresses and seeing who Joe becomes for the Tigers as he keeps getting more and more comfortable and building chemistry with this team. I really think Brad loves this guy. The team loves this guy. I think he loves being here, and I'm excited to see how that chemistry and that growth continues to happen throughout the year. And then our third takeaway is that Chauncey Wiggins and Jack Clark, they both got room for grow. I'm honestly concerned about this dynamic here. You see, they're usually not on the court together. They usually come in and out for each other. So far this season, Chauncey Wiggins has had the starting spot for the Tigers, and then Jack Clark is one of the first guys come off the bench at the three-hole. They both have a similar play style, right, too. Like, they can play the big, they can play the small, they have a lot of length, a lot of size, but they have a lot of agility and speed. Um, So they play a lot alike. And it was clear before this game that Chauncey Wiggins had some improvements to make. He needs to develop his shot a little bit more, and then on defense needs to learn a little bit more about paint control. 
But it was evident this past game when with 18 minutes left in the first half, Brad looked down the bench and sent a sub and saying, get Chauncey out of there. I mean, you saw Brad get emotion. He was upset with him two minutes into the game. Two minutes he was subbing and out because of some defensive style. It was crazy. So Chauncey Wiggins has a lot of growth to happen. But then on the other side of that, Jock Clark has a lot of upside, but he also has a lot of downside. You see, the upside is he has great length. He has great scoring possibility. The downside, though, is he's on his last year of eligibility in college. And due to injuries this offseason, he's still having a lot of hard time meshing and getting accustomed to his new team. So both Jack Clark and Chauncey Wiggins have some great parts, have some were a little bit at least not as great parts, right? Like there's a dynamic there where both have some room for growth and both can be great for Clemson, but we're going to need to start seeing some improvements both. I'm really excited to see if Brad eventually gives Jack the starting spot or if he's going to keep that younger sophomore in to give him more experience for the future. Either way, it's going to be exciting to see who makes the turn first in development-wise. But our third takeaway is that both of them have some room to work on, and it's going to be exciting to see how that plays out. Overall, the Asheville Championship was an exciting tournament, though, where we got to see Clemson be pushed in ways maybe we weren't expecting. Maybe we saw some holes in the team that definitely need to get straightened out before the ACC play. Uh, But it was an exciting tournament, and we're really glad and grateful to the Asheville Championship for allowing us to come and work the media, sit on media row for the game. Then we go to our next game, which was today against Boise State at home at Little John. This game should have been a harder matchup against Boise State than it was against Davidson. I mean, Boise State is a better team than the Davidson Wildcats, right? The Broncos are playing well. Uh, They really had any too much competition so far, but they're playing well, and you would expect them to be better than Davidson. But that did not seem to be the case today. The first half seemed to be a pretty even matchup. Clemson led almost the entire first half with their largest lead running at nine, but the Broncos used a nine to two run and ended the first half at, uh, to make it a three point game at halftime. Then the second half started and the Broncos tied it up at 41, but after that, Clemson never slowed down. They started hitting shots, they played aggressive, they played aggressive but controlled defense. And before you know it, they built their lead all the way up to 22 points. The final score Clemson won 85 to 68 completely different than either of the games in the national championship, right? I mean, one was a comeback game, but close game back and forth, hard fought, missed a buzzer beater to win. And one, we came back from down 18. Now we lead the game by 22 at one point. This game really tied in some of our questions and highlights from our t- from our takeaways that we mentioned a few minutes ago, though, right? I mean, those takeaways were solely after that Davidson win. And now we're able to look, take those highlights look at our win against Boise State, and kind of compare them and see what the difference was, how it changed, what our takeaways measured up to now after this game against Boise State. And so going back to that Joe Girard highlight while he's getting comfortable, this game not only confirmed that, but it seeded that. I mean, now Joe Girard's not only being comfortable, he is thriving as a Tiger. Today he shot 9 for 17, making three three-pointers. He ended up with a great stat line of 23 points, four rebounds, and three assists. He looked controlled. He looked poised the entire game, the leader that we need from the point guard. And what surprised me even more, though, is that on defense, he only had one or two moments where that were worrisome. Most of the part of the defense were worrisome in the past, but the past two games, he's really been sticking it out. He's really showing people that he's not just a 2-3 zone uh, coverage that he was at Syracuse. He can really come through with some man coverage. And then another one of our questions or worries that were brought up earlier on was the competition and the question marks that are Chauncey Wiggins and Jack Clark. I'll be honest, nothing but more questions stem from this. 
Jack Clark did end up getting his first start of the year. Chauncey came in off the bench for the first time, but that wasn't the case with their performances. Looking at their performances, Jack had an overall quiet day. He only had two points on three attempts and then four rebounds to go with it. Chauncey Wiggins, though, had a great offensive side. He ended up with nine points, but those nine points came from 80% from the field, including nailing his only three attempt. He didn't have any other stats, so it's a couple other turnovers, but overall his scoring was great. Again, the dynamic of who is going to be the guy that Brad goes to at the three spot down the road is up in the air. I think Jack Clark is struggling, getting acquainted and accustomed to Clemson, not being able to practice a lot after transferring from NC State and having this offseason with some injuries. But Chauncey is young. He's a sophomore. He doesn't have a lot of experience. Didn't see a lot of playing time last year. So either way, I think they both have incredible upsides that could really be benefits, but they both also have some downsides where you're not sure which one Brad's going to go with. It might end up just being a rotating spot where neither of them consistently get the start that Brad kind of plays both of them a lot. And then our last highlight was mentioned before was how deep this team is and how we can score and win in multiple ways. And today we saw another example that we saw a win come from just overall dominating. I mean, our, let's let's really look at how much. Out of the 11 Tigers that saw the court, every single one of them scored except for Boss Letty. Then when you compare Clemson's team stats against the Broncos, Clemson's dominated in almost every way possible. Clemson shot 50.8% from the field. Boise State shot 39%. Clemson had 53.3% from the three. Boise State shot 30%. Tigers shot a 93.8% from the foul line. Boise State was 77.3%. Rebounds were a strong point of emphasis, right? Tigers ended up winning that battle 40-25. to Ian Shefflin pulled in nine. RJ pulled in seven, helped lead the way. Uh, the Tigers won the assist battle 15-9. to The block battle sits to one. Turnover battle was closer. We actually ended up losing the turnover battle 12-11. Uh, to But overall, we saw them dominate in their exhibition game against Newberry, but it was great to see them do that against another D1 school. I think our competition does nothing but get tougher and tougher after the holiday. Um, so it, it was great to be able to see Clemson dominate today, that second half especially. Just have a great overall performance where players can build confidence, prove to themselves that they can win against opponents that they're supposed to win, they can win comfortably. Um, the biggest thing that is causing me stress, though, and worry so far from the Tigers is this. It has seemed like over and over and over again, we're really struggling with some backdoor cuts. Davidson had a lot of wide-open backdoor cuts. UAB had a lot of them. Even today, Boise State had a couple wide-open looks that were either barely stopped or they scored on in the backdoor. On-ball defense, we're looking good. But anytime we run the zone, or even sometimes a man, off-ball and backside, we're really struggling to make sure they don't get open looks or get some backdoor cuts that we should really stop. Um, that part is really concerning me because those are easy points they're getting. All they have to do is put three on the ball side, uh, put one up top uh, on the off-ball side, and then whoever's on the baseline is usually either getting a wide-open look or even cutting right down the middle on the off-ball side. They're getting a wide-open lane to the basket or dish it back out to a wide-open corner for the three. So off-ball defense, we really got to improve. Um, that's been a worrisome, and not only in this game, but in multiple games now over and over. But Brad has a great defensive mind, and I'm sure they're going to find a way to stop that uh, before we get into conference play. Overall, it's been a great start to the Clemson season. We're 4-0. We've proved we can win big, we can come back, and we can win those close games. 
Um, now we look to next Saturday where we're going to face Alcorn State at home before a tough matchup against against Alabama at Alabama on the 28th in the ACC-SEC matchup. That'll be a great game. We're excited to see uh, our team travel on our first big road test, our first road test, really. We've only played in Clemson or in Asheville, which is only really close to the stadium, really close to the school. So our first road matchup is going to be a tough one when we play Alabama in Alabama. But with all that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Tiger Wire podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you're looking for more content on Clemson basketball, check out some of our old episodes that cover other games, roster breakdowns, and some season predictions. In upcoming episodes, we'll have more game recaps. We'll have our predictions for the ACC this year. We'll also have some coaching breakdowns to learn more about our Clemson basketball coaches. If you've enjoyed this podcast, a follow, a five-star rating would really go a long way. Also, make sure you're following us over on Twitter at the Tiger Wire. That's at the Tiger Wire. DM us over there. Tweet us over there your thoughts during the game, and we might actually talk about some of those here on the Wire. Thanks again for sticking with us. Until next time, keep that Tiger pride alive and roaring. We can't wait to see you on the next episode. As always, go Tigers.